0: Hey everyone, this is Steve Gordon and as you can probably tell I am not John Curry, uh, but I am here today hosting John Curry's Secure Retirement podcast and I get the great pleasure of turning the tables on our good friend Mr. Curry and interviewing him. So, strap in and hang on. <laughs> keep your arms and feet inside the vehicle at all times. We're going to have a good time and uh, and we're going to learn a lot hopefully along the way. Mr. Curry, welcome to your podcast. Well,
1: thank you. I'm curious as to where this might be going, because I'm noticing <laughs> that you have a blank sheet of paper in front of you, and there's no questions prepared,
0: so I'm a little worried about this, actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe as you should be, right? <laughs> um, you know, I have to tell you, I, I've i heard rumors around town about you retiring, <laughs> and uh And you're not retired yet. No. And I know you well enough to know that um, retirement's probably not even across the horizon for you. So what in the world is going on with you and retirement? Well, I said many
1: years ago that I was going to be like George Burns. George Burns lived to be 100 years old. He turned 100 in January of 1996. He died in March of 96. And he actually was scheduled to do a show in London. And of course, they had to cancel it because you can't show up and do a show if you're dead. So I've been saying for years that I wanted to be like George Burns. Nowadays, I think in terms of Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas and I have the same birthday, December 9th. I was 66 last December. He was 102. He has suffered a stroke, but he's still a productive member of society. He uh, wrote another book published it. And he he's just a wonderful role model. So Steve, for me, as long as I'm healthy and can show up and work, I want to do so. And recently I was reading a story about Dr. Michael DeBakey. He died at 99. And in case you don't know who he is, he's a gentleman who had the first successful heart transplant. And his technology he created at age 22 has saved tens of thousands of lives. Uh it's said that he did over 60,000 surgeries during his lifetime. So these are the type of people I look at as role models, that as long as I am a productive member of society, I'm creating value for my clients. And like DeBakey said about his patients, he loved his patients. His patients loved him. Last night at our seminar and one at lunch yesterday, people come in. It's a big hug and a kiss. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. To me, that's not work. So why would I leave
0: that? It's a great question. You know, I, I think so many people work, 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 work with this goal that at some point there's a finish line and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't think. But um, I think we're beginning to see more and more that people are, are looking at their life and and looking particularly at the time from when they might normally retire until whenever the end is. And looking at that as, as a time to be really productive and whether that's really productive in their vocation or really productive in some other way, I, I really think that, that things are, are changing and attitudes are changing. Um, you and I have talked about this at length. And, you know, I, I'm i kind of of the same mindset. The goal for me is figure out how to how to craft my days so that I love what I'm doing every day or to the extent I can control it, I love what I do every day, and then do it. And I see you doing that in the work that you're doing with clients and, and you know, in all the seminars and the publishing and all this stuff that you do that a lot of people in your business don't do because it's a lot of work. You do it because you're just so passionate about it and it's fun to watch.
1: Well, I thank you for that, but it's also because I have had good enough sense to hire people much smarter than I in certain areas and build a heck of a team. So that they, they help me do things that on my own I would never be able to do. And unfortunately, a lot of people in my profession, financial planning, retirement planning, whatever you want to call it, um, they don't get that. And it's all about them, them, them. And they forget to put the spotlight on their teammates and understand that they wouldn't be quite as great as they think they are without people around them.
0: <laughs> well, John, I know... I've interviewed you a number of times. I've interviewed you on my podcast. I've interviewed you on your podcast before. One of the things I always like to do in any interview is take things, take ideas and kind of make them practical for people. And so we've opened up with this idea of finding what it is that that really drives you. I, I don't know if I want to use the word passion. Sometimes I think that word's overused, but I agree, but finding what drives you and the thing that you love to do and, Um, and then sort of filling your life with that. And that might be your vocation, your paid work, or it might be something else. So for the folks who are listening, who are maybe approaching this time where they're going to go through a transition, maybe they're going to move out of uh, a career, a vocation, and either into a second one, they get a new start, which I think is a really great, you know, possibility in life. Or they may have other non-vocational pursuits. You've thought about this a lot. So what... What advice do you have for people who might be listening and kind of hitting that, that point where they're having to make some decisions? First, I'm going to
1: make a comment about a book I'm reading. As you know, I read a lot. And this book is called Purpose and a Paycheck by a guy named Chris Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, Chris Farrell. Finding meaning, money, and happiness in the second half of life. I'm looking for stuff like this the whole time because I'm on that quest myself. So for me, the word I'm using now is not passion, but it's purpose. What is your purpose? What is your vision? I ask people that all the time for retirement planning, as you know. What's your vision of retirement? Most people don't have one. They don't have one. It's well, I'm going to quit working. Let's say it's one of my clients who works for the Florida retirement system. I'm going to take my pension, take my Social Security, take my income for my investments, and I'm going to sit at home and watch television, and or I'm going to go travel. Whatever they say. I say, great, but when I dig deeper, well. Travel where? They have no plans. I said, so what you're doing is you're retiring from something, but not to something. So is that really retirement? And what Chris Farrell talks about that I think is phenomenal is people who retire from a job. They have their pension and Social Security, but they're not done. They're 65, 67, 70 years old. And they go, I want something bigger. And the saddest thing I've seen in my 45 years of working with helping people plan for retirement are people who retire, they have nothing to look forward to, and they expire. They fall apart, physically fall apart, and sometimes mentally, because they're not active. And some of the people that I see and I get to interview for the podcast are people, I'm thinking of this couple that are retired now and live in Virginia. What they do, though, is they get in their motorhome, and they will travel to state In national parks and they will work. Sometimes they volunteer, don't get paid, sometimes they get paid to work. They'll stay at that park maybe three weeks. They'll enjoy the time off and do things there and then they'll pack up and go to another one. Then I think about people that I know that have retired from a job or in some cases got fired, downsized, and they start a business. Would you be surprised to know that the fastest age group that's starting businesses in the United States of America now are people in their 60s and 70s?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's
1: amazing. They're becoming
0: solopreneurs, you know, doing stuff out of their homes, doing consulting work. It's funny. I was just having a conversation with uh, one of our new clients. Um, as you know, we produce podcasts, and, uh, and he is just all fired up. He's about to turn 50 and he's starting the Over 50 Entrepreneur podcast for that very reason, because so many people are doing it. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge trend. And, uh, you know, I think uh, more and more we're seeing with medical advances that the idea that we're going to live beyond 100 and I think before too long, well into our 110s, 120s, a lot of people will, mm-hmm. um, The I think the question is now, well, at 60 or 65, you might only be about halfway done. The The perspective now has to be really different, I think. Uh, I've been preaching about longevity for
1: the past 30 years, and finally people are listening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I was a maverick when I started doing it. People said, well, why are you talking about that? Said, well, because it's a real issue. Mm-hmm. But I've been a student of this stuff for 30, 35 years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's another reason that people are doing this, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we did two workshops on Medicare. It's going to cost the average person in retirement well over a quarter of a million dollars per person to take care of their health care, meaning what they pay for Medicare, Part B premiums, Medicare supplements, et cetera. So if you live a long life, the longer that life is, you're going to pay $200,000, $300,000, $400,000, $500,000 just for your medical insurance Premiums of some before. That's not even talking about what you might have to pay out of pocket. So, a lot of people are retiring and they go, Wait a minute, my Social Security checks is actually going down, not up, because my Medicare Part B premiums were increased because I took money out of my retirement accounts because the government forced me to liquidate it with something called a required minimum distribution, RMD, and that pushed me into a higher income level, which caused me to have to pay a much higher. Medicare Part B premium. These are things that people don't know about. I didn't know about it until about three years ago because of a client having a problem and that's been the story all my career. I hear about a problem here for this client. You have the client deal with it. Guess what? I'm more valuable to the rest of my clients now
0: because I have that experience. Absolutely. I want to go back to something <clears throat> you mentioned a few minutes ago. You mentioned a word and the word was vision. Yes. And I know from my reading of of the Bible. And for those of you listening, it doesn't matter what religion you are. Um, But it was said in the old Testament that without vision, the people perish. Mm -hmm. And so true. Yeah. And I think that that applied then on a, or they get lost, they get lost. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that that applied then, you know, in that community of people um, as a whole, but I think it, it applies equally to us individually. If you don't have that vision, you you will die because your your body recognizes the fact that you're not going anywhere. Why should, why should think about it, man. Why should your brain and your body do anything
1: if you don't give a direction? First of all, your brain can't. It can't. I mean, I've been studying since 1975 when I came in business. I picked up a book about how the brain works and the subconscious. I don't even, I can't remember the name of the book. That's 45 years ago. Okay. Is that right? 44 years ago. So I started reading and studying this stuff at, at age 22. And all of my, my clients over the years that were psychologists and counselors, are, how do you know this damn stuff? What's, you're a freak. I said, well, okay. I, I just love it. I mean, I read it mm-hmm. and I study it. By the way, while we're sitting here eyeball to eyeball, I want to thank you for something. I've done this before, but never had a chance to do it publicly like this. Mm-hmm. Like 5,000 people probably hearing this with our podcast you're the reason I'm doing the podcast. We've done interviews before mm-hmm. where I've done CDs and cassette tapes years ago. But one day at breakfast, Steve was telling me, so John, you really should do a podcast. And he produces our podcast. So uh, I want to thank you for, um, I'm not going to say
0: encouragement. You were pretty damn pushy.
1: Uh, yeah, I twisted your <laughs> arm, didn't I? <laughs> but I
0: appreciate you doing it, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm a big believer in, in this as a medium because people get to, sit down and instead of reading a book where you wrote the words or trying to read an email or something like that, they actually get to learn something. I think you learn more by listening to, particularly when two people have a conversation, things come out of that that wouldn't have come out otherwise. Um, There's a dynamic there. And I think that's really powerful. It's very
1: powerful, but also people that I'm interviewing are getting an opportunity to share their story and through their stories, other people are benefiting. And your words were you will have a way of impacting tens of thousands of people that you'll never meet. Every time we do a seminar, every time, people will make a comment. happened last night. At least a half a dozen people made comments. Hey, I love your podcast on this. And I'd never met them until last night. We had 43 last night. And at the luncheon, we had 32 people come. And every one of them in there, when everyone asked a question about podcasts, not everyone, The majority of them raise their hand. Yes, we're listening to the podcast. We love
0: them. That's great. Well, for everybody listening, we're we're glad you're listening. So when someone comes in and and begins to talk to you about planning their retirement, and you you hit them with this question about vision to try and understand what their vision is, because you can't possibly come up with a plan until you know, What the vision is, the plan should fulfill the vision, right? Correct. I I need at least to get some idea
1: of where they want to go. Now, I've done this for so long that I usually
0: am the one who has to be the coach to pull it out of them. Well, and that's really where I I wanted to go with this is if someone comes in and they're not really clear, how do you help them get clear? I ask a lot of questions. And the first question
1: is, tell me why you're here. And they go, well, we need your help. With what? You want me to mow your grass? You want me to work on your car? What do you need help with? <laughs> and they laugh. They say, no, no, we need help with our money because we're worried. What are you worried about? Worried about running out of money. Are you worried about running out of money or running out of income? There's a difference. I have a lot of clients who have no money to speak of, but they have great income. Now you what? Yeah, they don't have any money. They... Have $10,000, dollars 20000 in the bank, but yet they have a check that comes in every month, just like that, every month. They spend it, and next thing, it's like a mushroom just popped out of the ground next month. That's what you really want, is guaranteed streams of income that never, ever go away. Mm-hmm. Now, the big question is, if I can help you get that, you got money freedom, but what about your time freedom? If you have the money, what will you do with the time? And that's where we're going to spend our time today, is to find out exactly why you even want to stop working and, quote, retire. And if you do, what will you be doing with your time? Has anyone ever asked you those questions? And the answer every time is no. Why do you care? Well,
0: because if you don't know what you're going to do with the money, why bother having the money? Do you find when you're having these conversations that (coughs) people have made assumptions about the the money resources that they have or they might have in retirement and it might be might be less than than what would really be possible and then they sort of back their their vision down in to fit what they think they can afford I do see that Steve but more often what I see it,
1: I'm able to show people they're better off than they think <clears throat> so here's what I do my, my style is we do what we call the retirement rehearsal so I show them what they have and so, how do you feel about it? I'll, I'll just give you a quick example. Just just happened uh, Wednesday morning. This lady's making eighty thousand dollars a year. I said, your your plan you have t- today will produce forty one thousand of income, with using your numbers you've given me, your pension, social security, etc. She works at a TMH, and she says, that's that's good, but it's not good enough. And so, well, that's what you have. This is what your assets will do for you. And I said, and you want to retire soon, like literally into this year. She said, I may have to rethink retirement. I said, well, maybe. But let's go back to what you said retirement meant for you. It meant leaving this job, but doing other things that you really want to do that can also make you money. So let's plug that in. And then let's see how to improve what you have as far as being income producing. So long story short, we're taking assets she's got now, redeploying those, and that alone will increase her income on that part by at least 25 to 30%. If she does do the other work she thinks she's going to do, then she'll have no drop in income. She'll be able to work part-time and still have the same income she's making now, but able to have free time to do the things she chooses to do now before she came and sat and worked with my team and me she had no clue how to do that and I said you love your work she doesn't hate her job at all she just wants to move on and do other things but she can't do both because her job is very very demanding and I said I understand that so how about we give you both then I'll see some people who I have to give them bad news and I ask them when do you want the bad news at the last minute or when you have several years in advance to plan for it. And the bad news, sometimes you can't do what you say you want to do, and then they have to adjust. But I don't get a lot of that. Most people that I work with, uh, they, they need some tweaking, some fine tuning, but it's not like a total
0: overhaul. I get some of that, but it's not a lot. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I've always admired about the way that you work is that you've got a process, mm-hmm. and and you're pretty strict about following that process. I'm not pretty strict. I am and very strict. You're right. I, I, I understated that. Um, and, and You're, sometimes, you're, you're some, pain in the backside about it, is what I should tr- say. <laughs> and the truth is, sometimes I'm not right for people who are looking for
1: an advisor because I am not going to compromise the process, and here's why. Let me tell you the story. When I was a young kid... In the Air Force, I was an assistant crew chief on the B-52 bomber. Every time that plane took off, every time that plane took off, eight crew members' lives were in our hands. And back in those days, we had the eight and a half by 11 worksheet laminated, and we used a grease pencil to check everything off. You got chill bumps, just remember that. Look at that. You see, <laughs> see that? So I learned at a young age, you got to get it Right. And you're human. If you don't have a way of following step-by-step procedures, you will forget it. Eventually, you will forget it. Now, in that world, eight people die when the plane hits the ground. Luckily, what I do now, I'm not going to kill anybody, uh, but I may not make them better. So we
0: follow a process, and we're strict about it. Talk us through a little bit of what your process looks like now because um, I know you're constantly improving it and refining it as you go. So it, as you're working with people, and I know you start with the vision, where where does it sort of go from there? Well, the first thing I ask
1: people is let's just have a conversation. Come see me. Let's have a conversation. I have no pressure. You have no pressure. We'll visit. Whatever happens into that, great. If you don't like me, you don't like the fact that I smoke a cigar, have a bourbon occasionally, you don't like to go really I calm my hair, or whatever, just... Just say goodbye. Be, be nice, be polite, but just just say goodbye. <clears throat> and I get to do the same though. I have no pressure to sell you anything. You have zero pressure to buy anything. We're going to have a conversation. If we like each other, we move forward. If we don't like each other, we say goodbye. That's number one. Number two, if during that conversation we hit it off, and I like you, I want to work with you, and you want to work with me, then and only then will we roll up our sleeves and go to work. There is zero sales pressure. I do not want anyone in my world who does not want to be in my world. Period. So that's number two. Number three, once we have agreed to move forward, then I need to see everything you got. Something as mundane as your car insurance. Now, why in the world would I care about your car insurance? That has nothing to do with retirement planning, right? Yes, it does. You drive down the road, you have an accident. You hurt or kill someone, you will be sued. And that sucking sound you hear is called a cash ectomy that these lawyers are gonna give you that have these big billboards out there, personal injury attorneys. And they're gonna come after you with a vengeance. So I wanna make sure that everything you have, everything, we look at it. Also, we had a situation last year, two of our clients died. One was murdered, one died of heart trouble in her late 80s. In both cases, all the stuff that those people had with us was taken care of literally in a matter of two to three weeks. Some of that stuff is still ongoing a year later and even six months later in some cases. That was one of the uh, daughters today of a client. So I have a passion, a drive that if you won't let me look at everything and get it done correctly, I don't want to work with you because you're not gonna be under my care and we have something happen that we could have prevented. Now, I can't fix everything, and I know that. I'm not that naive. But if you won't even let me at least look at it and discuss it with you, I, I don't want you as a client. And I'll take you as a customer, and let's define the difference. A client comes in, most cases pays a fee for the planning, and then we do implementation later. Sometimes people come in, they're adamant, happened this week, I want to buy XYZ product. I don't want any planning, I don't want to discuss it, will you do it for me? I will do it for you if the product is not going to hurt you. Tell me what it is you're trying to accomplish. I'm not stupid. I have a business to make money. That's why I'm in business. So in that case, I sold a product. And it worked for the guy. Now he says he'll come back and do the planning. Will he? I don't know. I hope he will. Because if not, he went through a cafeteria where there was steak and lobster and he took a hamburger when he could have had steak and lobster for the same price.
0: I'm going to bring this all back around to where we started. You have a puzzled look on your face right now. What is it? (laughs) No, it's actually not. Because we started this whole conversation off with a question. Why aren't you planning to retire? I hope I never retire. I know that. I hope I'm retired and they put my butt in a coffin.
1: I I get that, but every... But but let me be clear. Let me be clear. I I need to say this because some people are thinking this guy's a workaholic. I take more time off than most people that I know and I go do things I want to do. I'm catching a plane tomorrow going to Phoenix, Arizona. I'm going to have a weekend with my cousin there. I'm going to attend a two-day workshop and just learn a whole lot of stuff I can come back and use to help my clients. And then I'm going to have a day, a free day where I'm going to go to the spa there at this resort and I'm just going to be pampered like crazy
0: for a day. Where I was going with that? <laughs> okay. Where I was going with that, if you'll permit me, I'm sir. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> was that if you listen to as if, for those listening if you heard it and and I did as I'm I'm sitting here across from John, there are things that he's doing, and and you can apply these in your own retirement. You can adapt them to that, and so uh, and no matter what you're doing, so he's got rules of engagement for his the way he operates now, which makes for for you, John. That makes working a pleasure because you're you're working on your terms with the people you want to work with, um, which. Oftentimes people are retiring to escape from the people they work with and the work that they do because it drives them crazy. So you've over the years been able to corral that into something. And I think that's a lesson to learn here for those who are thinking about what do I do in the next stage of life? There's there's a clue in how to do it well. Uh, the other thing that I, I heard from that whole description was not just that you've got a process, but that you take great care in, in delivering a, a really good result and delivering clarity for people. And and that's really the thing that, that drives you. You care about the people that you're working with. And as a result, it gives you a reason to jump out of bed in the morning, put your feet on the floor, and, and on the days you're working, you go into work. Totally agree with
1: that. And, and also the client is better served because – Instead of me trying to be all things to all people, I have a clear focus on retirement planning. And I usually tell people I'm a specialist in retirement income planning, but it's gotten bigger than that because of my my passion and desire to learn more and more. I'm able to actually coach people on how to have a better retirement life, not just the money side. And that's what has been coming out for me over the past five years that I never would have predicted. I never would have predicted that... The truth is, I could stop doing what I'm doing today on the financial side and go become a retirement planning coach and probably do just as well, if not better. The beauty is I get to do both. I don't charge a fee for that part of what I do because I don't go through all the hassles dealing with the financial regulatory folks and all that stuff. But I... I got the best job in the world. I got good people around me that I love to work with. I love them, they love me, love my clients. Like I said, last night was like homecoming. The clients that were there came in, big old hug, pecking on the cheek. Lady there last night, she's 89 years old. She says, I don't know why I'm here. I'm I'm 89 years old. I know everything about Medicare. I don't know why I'm here. At the end of it, she came over and gave me a big hug. Her name's Ruth, she said, John, I love you. Every time I'm around you, I learn something new. Thank you so much. I, that, I mean, that's gratifying. You
0: know, it's not, just, it's not just a job. And there we have it, friends. The answer to the question, why John Curry is not retiring. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> Mr. Well, Curry, uh, I know we're about out of time. Yes, we are. Um, <clears throat> thanks for taking the time to do this. I always have a good time when we get to sit down and talk. Um, I hope everybody else got some, some valuable lessons out of this as you're thinking about your own retirement vision. Because I, I think we... I tried here to to sort of extract from John how he developed his version of retirement, which is still a working retirement. Uh, But take those lessons and apply them in in your own world. So, John, I'll give you the last word. Anything you want to share with folks before we wrap up? Just one
1: thing. If you're finding you're in a position where you're questioning where you are financially or anything regarding retirement, I would encourage you to call my office and at least engage in a conversation. You can do that with me over the telephone, you can do it with April, Ed, Jay, anybody on my team. You just have the conversation and if it makes sense, we'll sit down face to face. And if not, it's okay. There's no pressure. Hope you've benefited from the interview today. And thank you for turning the tables on me. Is that what you call it? Turning the tables? That's it. Well, thank you, my friend.
2: If you would like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, Products and Services and Advisory Services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a Registered Broker, Dealer and Investment Advisor, Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and/or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are thereof.